The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Wednesday morning, and welcome to uh, Hump Day edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM, where you're Shirley Neville James. I am currently uh, on St. Thomas, and uh, uh, we're doing a show from over here today uh, in the office studios uh, that we have here. Uh, in Dong Tong, uh, shout out to Mali. Uh, hopefully, uh, I need to check the hole on that one here, hear myself a little better. Um, uh, because uh, I can't, I can hardly hear myself in the headphones, but uh, I think we'll be all right. I'm supposed to be getting a phone call at 8.05 from um, the director of the lottery. Raymond Williams will be calling me at 805 if you guys have not spent a bit. And then uh, we're trying to work out some logistics. Uh, the governor's chief of staff, uh, Carl Knight, uh, is supposed to be uh, making an appearance on the show. Of course, you know, uh, the governor is uh, will be giving his sixth state of territory address. Hold on, I got a text message here. Clearly something going on. Listen. Um, okay, there we go. Uh, on Monday night. January 22nd, of course, you know, WTJX is where uh, everyone uh, tunes into for everything that is of importance, uh, that is of local importance here in the territory. Of course, you know, we cover the parades and all that stuff and everything, uh, election coverage, and of course, state of the territory is a big thing, so looking forward to uh, knocking that out on Monday. And then uh, uh, at uh, 9... Um, I think uh, Zach Zook from the uh, 81C studio uh, is on the line. But I believe we have the caller is, is on the line uh, right now. Um, Mr. Williams, you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I, okay perfect. I can hear you now. How are you? Hey, good, brother. How are you now, man? I'm doing good. I think St. Thomas is morning. How are you there? St. Thomas. St. Thomas. St. Thomas. I'm on the road driving to my office. Okay, good. You got an announcement to make, sir? Yeah, when you're ready, let me know. Now go right ahead. We're good. We're on the air. Good uh, morning. Um, this is Executive Director Raymond Williams from the Virgin Islands Lottery. Um, we experienced uh, cybersecurity attack uh, systems um, here in the territory yesterday, and as a result of that, we had to suspend ticket sales and, um, and indefinitely. We're hoping to be up and running by today, but um, we now are going through um logistics testing and other testing on the system and unfortunately we're not certain when we're going to resume ticket sales so our drawing is going to be postponed until further notice our drawing as you know was supposed to be held tomorrow thursday but um we have to give our dealers and our customers an opportunity to uh, purchase tickets for two more days um as a result so i'll be continuously updating the community on our status. Our, our business office will be open, however, today at 8 o'clock. Um, but we just won't be doing any ticket sales. So 
I just want to apologize to our customers and our playing community, but these are the kind of uh, times we live in, and uh, we're doing our best to get our systems back up and running. So that's at the time level. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on a second there. I, I'm not going to get too technical because clearly you're in the middle of an investigation. When was the the next scheduled drawing date? It was scheduled for tomorrow. A drawing was literally scheduled for tomorrow. And it's typically every other Thursday? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. And because of this breach, which took place uh, what, Monday or yesterday? Um, It took place yesterday. Yesterday. So... As a result, um, we're delaying the, what would that be? The, the, the drawing for January 18th? That's correct. Drawing it. Well, um, we're hoping to do it, um, on Friday or Monday rather, but now, now until such time as I have clear information and, and guidance from my IT staff and our, um, consultant, um, we cannot set, I don't want to set a date. In um in the sun, and until such time, so um, it'll happen. I'm sure. Hopefully, um, early next week. Um, but we we we're trying to get, like I said, our systems back up and running so that we can get our ticket sales um operation functional. So you, so you do have you do have a backup. You do have a offsite storage. Yes, yes, yeah. They 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 they're recapturing the, the information and all that stuff. It's taking place as we speak. Okay, good. So, so um, before this this um, unfortunate incident, this violation uh, of, of government function, um, we we had a, a contingency plan for cyber attacks. One of my listeners, I just called in to ask that. Well, question. We, we always have a, a, a contingency, but it's for um, generally for emergencies such as um, um, natural disasters and stuff like that for our um, mega million and power ultras. We cannot do um, our lottery drawings outside of the VI, so that that is um, that is how that that um, function functionality yeah. operates. But yeah, we can okay, always good. do so. There's a storm event here in the VI. We can always do um, our backup draws for Mega Million Powerball and those games in um, out in, a, in another location. Okay, so like tonight, tonight you have look, you had Mega Millions last night, and uh, right, so those tonight. drawings took those drawings took place last evening here yeah. in the VI as well as every other place. Yes. Yeah, that, that's, that's the Mega Million, the Mega time. Million for last night, and the the Power Bar for tonight. People could purchase those tickets, and and, yeah. and that 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 those, part those of it, can, that that right, part of the gaming structure can, is is not impacted right, because of what happened here locally. Right. You're not part of the local lottery drive. Okay. Okay. Very good. So, um, just letting the public know, there will be no drawing tomorrow on January 18th. We're hoping to have a draw uh, early next week, which would be what, the Tuesday, the Wednesday, 23rd, 24th? I, I, I can't give you a date until I'm certain as to um, where the system is at. So, I'm, I'm not putting a date on it just yet. Because I don't want to have to say it's going to be tomorrow and then it can't be until Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, that, that's understandable. But you hope you're you're you're, you're pushing for sometime early next week. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the key to it is getting our system back up and running so that I can give the dealers and our customers the opportunity to purchase um, the tickets like 
normally how it would, would take place. Today would be known as what is called a throw-out day, meaning that all the assigned numbers that dealers have in their packs would be available for purchase to anyone. But um, to make sure we maintain the accuracy of how that process works, it has to be available in both districts. So um, that's why I'm trying to make sure that, you know, we're not doing one thing, one place versus the next. It has to be uniformed. Okay, good. Now, are, are, can we expect um, your agency and the government uh, in general um, to be going Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I can't disclose much more on that, but yes, the, no, the bottom no, no, no. line just is that. Gen a, just generic, just generically, because I don't want yeah, to violate yeah, There's a protocol in place for that, yes. Okay, okay. Well, by the way, how did the um, the big drawing go in December? Everything went smooth? Yeah, yeah, the, the last um, EX drawing back in December. Yeah, that went really well. I'm the office. Here's the <laughs> make sure your call security call Jackie yeah, to make sure she can to, 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 to get you inside the building I want to get to take off my headphone and come down in town to defend you you know what I mean so let them know what time it is yeah. hey look um, finally uh, last year um, around fear weekend you had made an appearance on my show uh, with some uh, with some announcements for 2023 are we looking at the same thing for uh, any any announcements anything new you're looking to to, uh, unleash uh, in 2024? Um, we have some plans, but until I, um, because of the Christmas season and stuff like that, you know, a lot of things get delayed, but um, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll let you know um, mm -hmm. before the actual weekend or closer to that time um, if we, you know, what, what we're going to do, and I'll definitely get back to you on that. Because I know the, fear, the, the lottery is a big sponsor of Literally every event here in the Virgin Islands uh, is the same thing right. at the fair. Uh, by the way, yeah. are, are we having a are we having a, a concert again that weekend? Have you heard anything from the administration? No, 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 no. We haven't. Um, they're, they're, I'm still they still haven't um, given me any schedules as to when that jazz series is going to take place. So yeah, we're still waiting yeah. to hear that's more. A that's a division of festivals and tourism, right? It's, it's between Tourism yeah, and, and the Ann Parsons, and the Ann Parsons 21st yeah. Century Band, yeah. Yeah. the United yeah. Jazz um, Foundation. Correct, 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 correct. But you are you are playing sponsorship roles at the, at the Ag Festival <laughs> 2024? Well, we, we, we have it budgeted, so um, if, 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 it, if it manifests, we'll be ready to participate. That's what I'm talking about. Well, good luck in um, addressing uh, this, this violation of uh, the government yeah, and the people of the territory, it's, it's, and, uh, and uh, keep you posted, I'll, let me know what's going on. Yeah, I will keep up with the numbers. Okay, good. Thank you very much. That's um Director uh, Raymond Williams for the Virgin Islands Lottery. Apparently, there's been a, uh, a cybersecurity breach, and as a result, uh, today's drawing, which is uh, historically and traditionally a uh, Thursday thing, uh, every Thursday thing here in the Virgin Islands, is not happening tomorrow, January 18, twenty twenty four. Okay, that's unfortunate. But you got to do what you got to do. And hopefully um, that drawing will take place um, uh, early next week. And then we can get back to the, the normal schedule, which means that the next drawing would be February 1st, Thursday, February 1st. Okay. But uh, we got to get past uh, this this particular uh, unfortunate uh, event that took place 
uh, um, yesterday. And Carla, schoolmate, thank you very much uh, for those for those questions there. Uh, uh, <laughs> as she said, uh, but she said, "Be careful! You get arrested for pronouncing aw." You know, saying, "Yo, it is what it is." You know, saying, <laughs> "No, I'm just funny. We're good." Anyway, like I said, um, we're doing the gig from St. Thomas this morning. I, I got to admit, right? This is the third location, right? And you know, Maduro, I'll make sure he'll take care of me. So I want to thank him personally early. I ain't waiting until until the show done. You know, I want to give you. Uh, I want to thank you now, all the end, you know what I'm saying, for making this thing, uh, you know what I mean, smooth as it. Okay. Now, uh, we had did we do we did a couple of shows, I believe, like two or three of them, two or three of them uh, from when we go over at Alcoin, right? And then we did one, we did one up on uh, Mountain Top, right? We did one show at Mountain Top on Tuesday morning. I never forget that what happened. I play in the afternoon. Yo, that mountain top vista. If you ever get a chance to come to St. Thomas, right? Head up to mountain top so you can look at God giving beauty. This is coming from a cruise ship, right? <laughs> I go call a spade, a spade is lovely. I know we're at, uh, you know, a downtown uh, location until, you know, we get things uh, back to normal. Like I said, you know, we're looking forward to Monday, right? And um, uh, the governor is going to give his uh, sixth. State of the Territory address. Hopefully, I could get um, my partner, uh, Carl Knight, the Governor Chief of Staff, uh, to link with me. Uh, um, uh, and uh, we could make that um, uh, uh, work. Uh, have a, you could talk a little bit about preparation. Uh, the sixth go wrong uh, for the Governor. But I know that the one in 2021 in particular, right? Um, was arguably the weirdest state of the territory address simply because we were dealing with uh, the pandemic. And then I, I think 2022 as well, because uh, that was the Omicron window in January of 2022, right? The the, the pandemic uh, hit us uh, in full uh, in the spring of 2020. So the first two were pretty normal, right? The second two were abnormal. Uh, last year was heading back to assemble uh, to, to some semblance of uh, of normal, right? And then, of course, we're hoping that this one, uh, state of the uh, territory address number six for the uh, for Governor Albert Bryan and the Bryan Rush administration is normal uh, uh, as well. So I was looking at um the the um the source, and I see where um. Jislyn Maxwell, right? Who was the partner? Uh, was Jeffrey Epstein's partner? Um, uh, is is uh, suing um, the Epstein estate? You know, she believes that she's being, uh, you know, penalized uh, for what he did, and of course, um, the court has determined that uh, what he did, she played a big part in that. Um, so I was reading this article and. Uh, the Epstein estate is saying that the, the 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 lawsuit should be dismissed, um, or she should be compelled to represent herself after eighteen months of delays, while she seeks new counsel. And apparently, what happened was, um, she lost counsel because of non-payment. You know, so so we're keeping an eye on this because, of course, you know, um, 
Mr. Epstein um, set up a uh, location here uh, in the Virgin of, uh, over there, Middle St. James. And uh, we are, you know, we got to keep an eye on that one uh, as well. Okay? To see what's going on there. Uh, another um, announcement that I want to make, um, the Agriculture Commissioner, uh, Louis Akil Peterson, has announced a meeting for the St. Thomas Farmers. Um, of course, you know, this past weekend, I'd like to apologize, I didn't make it, but the 25th Annual Bordeaux Farmers Rastafari Agriculture and Culture Vegan Food Affair uh, took place. It's typically a Martin Luther King Day weekend uh, event. I didn't make it out, but I saw that the governor was there and was having a good time and all that stuff. Uh, the commissioner announced his intent to meet with the members of We Grow Food Inc. within the next month to discuss an upcoming infrastructure project. So we're going to try to get um, commissioner on, um, not necessarily to get into too much detail before he speaks with the farmers, but to let us know uh, where we're at. And of course, it's only right that uh, the commissioner make an appearance um, prior to the Ag Fest, Virgin Islands Ag Fest, which will take place on President's Weekend uh, in February. So that'll be uh, Saturday the 17th, Sunday the 18th, and Monday the 19th. Okay? So we'll deal with that. So what we'll do is we'll take a break. Uh, uh, when we come back, and hopefully we'll have uh, our Chief of Staff Carl Knight joining us uh, via the phone. Um, you're listening to uh, WTJX Analyze This with your host Neville James coming from Rock City this morning. We'll be back right after this. Fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go, a non-profit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peters Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our non-profit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where we're not just interested in what's going on in the world, but why it's happening and how. Details are important. So are different points of view. We're dedicated to bringing you the stories behind the big events and the small ones, too. Join us every Sunday morning for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. News happens all week, all around the world. If you want to understand what this French election is all about... Four candidates are running unopposed, and three of them met reporters Thursday. Whatever the outcome of today's elections, the secessionist genie is out of the bottle. News, analysis, perspective, music, books, and sports, too. Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. Human beings have been making music for tens of thousands of years. It brings us together. It has the power to communicate emotions and ideas. It's a profound part of the human experience. Hear the stories behind the music you love and new music you might fall in love with. I'm Raina Duras. Join me for in-depth interviews with artists who are continuing that musical history on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. 
on WTJX FM 93.1. Beautiful day in the Virgin Islands. Uh, partly cloudy uh, over here on the St. Thomas site, but uh, uh, everything uh, is everything. I got into my bad uh, restaurant. So like I was saying uh, before we got to the break, and hopefully we could get uh, uh, Chief of Staff Carl Mate uh, to call in. So we go, um, uh, they'll have a discussion as they prepare uh, to um, you know, have the governor uh, give his sixth State of the Territory Address uh, on Monday night, January uh, 22nd coverage uh, right here on WTJX and, of course, on Channel 12, Channel 12 uh, as well. Uh, yeah, um, like I said, Commissioner uh, Louis Akio peterson so there's the story, uh, 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 St. Thomas store, St. Thomas source story, uh, uh, Judy Shimmel, um, and uh, it's from yesterday, right? And it said, uh, uh, farmers have long expressed the need for more water in order to bring locally grown produce uh, to the market. Uh, if the infrastructure project succeeds, a new 100,000 gallon cistern will operate alongside the existing uh, cistern, which holds 60,000 gallons, right? So that means we're looking at uh, a hundred thousand in addition to sixty thousand. So that's that's more than a doubling and a half, which which is good, you know. And um, you know, hopefully that works out. You know, we definitely want that. Okay, I just got a message uh from from Carl Knight. Uh, um, uh, he's gonna be uh, linking with me. I can I can text him now and let him know uh that I'm actually on Saint Thomas. Um, uh, so he could call in, uh, um, so hopefully we could make this happen. Well, uh, the, let me, let me know the number and all that good stuff so we could get called late, uh, 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 to get him on, on the line. But, and you know, I'm a big proponent of, of getting our agriculture, uh, where we needed to be, we passed. Um, and Carlette actually played a role in that. Uh, uh, when my very first term at the Senate, when he was working for then Senator uh, Terrence Nelson, of course, you know now he's positive TS, uh, uh, positive TS, and a positive TA Nelson. Uh, um, and we passed the Act sixty eight thirty six, uh, the Sustainable Agriculture Industry Act. And uh, at the time, um, the current chief of staff. Uh, for the governor uh, was working um, for then Senator Positive Nelson, who at the time um, he was the labor he was the labor chairman, chairman of the labor committee uh, in the 26th legislature. 
I was in a minority in the first year and then the majority of the second year, of course, that's when the great Lorraine Berry set it up to actually be a, a president over two uh, different majorities. You know, that spoke, spoke to her greatness. So we were in, a, I, 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 I want to give the, then my majority credit when I was a minority member, because um, I had done well uh, in the 2004 election. So they said that that was the, the impetus um, uh, for giving me a committee chair, even though I was in a minority, to start the 26th legislature, uh, which was in uh, January of 2005. And then uh, uh, Senator uh, Terrence Positive Nelson, uh, Carl Knight, um, was his um, uh, advisor, um, in-house advisor. And uh, uh, we worked hard in making the Sustainable Agriculture Industry Act, along with Senator uh, Ronnie Russell. Uh, uh, a reality, and uh, we got unanimous support. We got all 15 senators uh, sometime in the spring of 2006. Um, Senator Nelson had, I believe it was either a week or two weeks of uh, um, work done. Um, you know, a lot of uh, meetings. We got input from the um, farming community, um, from the Chamber of Commerce, and uh, we put that bill together. That that bill literally includes like maybe ten or eleven. Um, <clears throat> I would say uh, agencies, right? Uh, agencies, uh, attorney general, bureau of corrections, labor, uh, UVI. I mean, that's that's easily the most comprehensive bill that that I sponsored, that I played a a, a sponsorship role in. Uh, uh, in my 12 years, I'm proud of that. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you know, agriculture hasn't taken off here. Um, you know, you know, and I'm gonna explain something, right? After we passed that bill, or right before, I was out in California, and um, I saw uh, for myself. I was driving from San Jose to Los Angeles on Saturday morning, middle of May. And I'm in the San Joaquin Valley. And we drive him past farms. And I literally saw the labor, right, out there in the fields. And I know that was a minimum wage. And that's one of the issues that we have here for having under the American flag when it comes to agriculture, right? So that's why we pass, because the cost of labor compared to our neighboring islands is two different universes, right? We can't pay next to nothing like the neighboring islands uh, pay their labor. That's why we wanted to make that major infrastructure investment. And uh, Ronnie Russell uh, worked uh, with us. Uh, he was the vice president at that time after the transition. And um, we got a major appropriation. We bought a lot of property. We bought property up there in Windsor. And um, that legislation to me was uh, absolutely critical, you know. And we, uh, we, uh, you know, got 68-36, Governor Turnbull signed it into law. And uh, since then, which is what, going to be 18 years, uh, we've been doing our best to make sure agriculture is more than the Ag Fair, um, establish a relationship with the one and only Summer Sibley Brown, 
who has forgotten more about agriculture than 99.9% of us will ever know. That's so how knowledgeable and how brilliant uh, that young lady is uh, with the Good Food Coalition. And uh, we got the farmers involved. Um, the Dale Bronx of the world. Um, people said that Alison Degas on. Um, you know, she's a farmer too. Um, over here, uh, the We Grow Food. Uh, Derek Hodge, that's the name. The reason why I remember that name is because I see him as a former lieutenant governor. Uh, Derek Hodge of We Grow Food. Uh, he, I think he came over and he testified. Uh, as well. So, you know, we're trying our best uh, to, you know, well, at least we did our best uh, to, to revitalize um, the agriculture industry because um, the late, great Kendall Siegel Peterson, you know, who was a big time uh, advocate for um, uh, farming and, and agriculture, he, uh, you know, he, he said, look, man, our nickname on St. Croix um, was the breadbasket of the Caribbean. You know, we fed the region. And it's no secret, you know, how fertile the land is uh, over on the Big Island. And definitely want to uh, give the farmers over here on St. Thomas uh, their purpose because um, they took the organic farming um, uh, to, to another level uh, over here. And uh, I remember when we had on uh, Akil, I asked him, what about Elridge? You know, because, you know, uh, they, they referred to him as Uncle Elridge Sparks, right? Uh, so uh, I didn't make it over this weekend. Uh, but I know that that, um, that event uh, is a special event. You know, when I became the president uh, uh, 10 years later, right, uh, in 2015, and myself and Janet Millen Young, uh, as a vice president, she was also chair of economic development and agriculture. Uh, we made an appearance uh, at that event, and yo, yo, that, that that's a. It's not as massive, obviously, because they don't really have the land mass that we have on Saint Croix. And Saint Croix access is really the Virgin Islands State Fair, according to um, Governor Turnbull. But it's a it's such a cozy event. I don't know if you've never been to that that that, that event over there. For the for the for the Rastafari and for the the the, the agriculture fair that they have every uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, but the music, right? I remember um, when we went to the music and they got the, they got the the booming speakers, and uh, I could remember hearing uh, Aswad, right? Aswad Aswad has a song name Love Fire. Right, but the the version that everybody just you know just is mesmerized by is Dub Fire, right? Which is you know without the lyrics, Love Fire is a great song. Dub Fire is even more uh, special. So when you're hearing uh the Dub Fire and these loudspeakers, that's my memory, you know, of of, of that uh, event over there, uh, down in Bordeaux. I check. So glad that that went well. And uh, and when we're we're good to go, it's my understanding that the chief of staff for the governor uh, is on the line, uh, the one and only uh, Carl Knight. Uh, good morning, Mr. Chief of Staff. How are you? Hey, morning, morning, Mr. James. I'm doing just fine today. Yo, man, I'm glad to have you on. It's been a while. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. 
I've been trying to analyze this for a long time. Yeah, yo, yo, I apologize that I had to come over to St. Thomas, but we're working on some logistics for something real big uh, next week. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure you'll get the details on that in a little bit if you haven't gotten it yet. But uh, I apologize. So so you you definitely have a return engagement for an hour and a half. So we could go way back. In the okay. day. Remember, we came in together in 2005 when you were working for Positive Nelson at the time, right? So yeah, yeah, that, that's um, I have a lot of fond memories of uh, how you do things in the Senate back then. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, yeah. We made some changes, right? The two percent, all that stuff. We worked on a lot of different things, right? So yeah, yeah, we certainly did. Certainly did. That was a very productive era. So yes, yeah, that yeah that legislature. And then uh, we also did something with the. With the vows and the sales, right? We actually expanded that, right? Yeah, vows and sales scholarship program. Um, you know, giving a, a free ride. Um, mm-hmm. You talked about the agriculture um, initiative. You know, there was yeah. uh, you know a lot of transformative things um, took place back in that that era, that 2005 class. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, yeah that, uh, they did and, something. And we actually had that. That was that was a special election year. Cause remember the the, the top four out of St. Croix, we were like wet behind the ears. All freshmen, yeah. all first-time senators, you know what I'm saying? So that was cool. Yeah. Now, uh, now, now um, first of all, welcome to Analyze This. Glad to have you on. Um, Thank you. You're, you're, um, you know something? Introduce yourself to the audience because this is your first go-around and analyze this. I'm going to just yield to you, get them a little bit about your background to include your being uh, uh, Alva McFarlane. Uh, recipient and all that good stuff. <laughs> ladies, 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 ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Carl Knight is joining us, the governor's chief of staff. I yes, um, I, I am the uh, chief of staff. You, you want me to give the, the whole bio, but yes, I um, you know, I been around um in, in the public arena for for some time now. Um, as never as I'm alluding to, you know, I started my career as an engineer. A lot of people don't realize that, but I'm actually a, a civil engineer by profession. Structural engineer was actually my specialty, and so construction, building, project management, like that's actually where I cut my teeth working for WAPA. I mean, I started off there as um, yeah, scholarship recipient. They gave me a full ride to college. That's how I ended up in engineering because they uh, recruited me very early. A young Cassandra Dunn recruited a younger Carl Knight to, um, uh, to take the scholarship opportunity and go to work for, for WAPA. So, you know, I spent the first half of my career in WAPA doing strategic planning, um, amongst other things, including engineering. And, um, you know, eventually I, I evolved, um, as you alluded to, Neville, um, went to, I guess, my first real um, political job was working as a chief researcher in the office of a freshman, uh, Positive Nelson at the time, really kind of learning the ropes on, on public policy. Um, while there, I got tapped by the incoming uh, Governor John DeYoung that asked me to be a policy advisor for energy, infrastructure, environment. And so I spent um, about five years doing that um, directly under Governor DeYoung. And then he asked me to, to take over the energy office. Um, so I spent the last three years uh, managing the energy office. That was back when all these ARA, Dollars American Recovery and Reinvestment Act dollars were flowing in. Right. So um, there was big things happening in the energy front, in the energy space. And so um, the governor asked me to kind of oversee that operation and, and take a direct um, control, you know, direct link between government house and the energy office to kind of make sure we could do some important things.
because out of that era did come some important things, you know, the first solar projects, utility-scale solar projects, the solar water heating, uh, a lot of training for PV and solar installers, you know, big rebates, a lot of uh, wonderful things. That was when we tra- transitioned from incandescent light bulbs to um, complex fluorescent and eventually LEDs. We did a lot of work with the schools on energy efficiency, so we made good use of those those proceeds. Um at American Recovery and Reinvestment Act proceeds. And um, after that, I um, did a, a stint with the Housing Authority as the Director of Modernization and Development, and I was tapped by uh, current Governor Albert Bryan Jr. to, to be his chief of staff, and that's where I am right now. Well, that, that's that's awesome. Uh, so you, you the last 20 years, for the most part, right? The last 19, 20 yeah, years, yeah. Very, very productive and um, actually, you know, good experience. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, my anybody that knows me knows that you know public service is in my blood. You know, community building is is like, you know, that's that's what I geek out on and how we make this place better for all of us. And so I've been privileged and blessed um, by elected leaders over the last several years to be put in an opportunity to to solve and do my part. So I that's awesome. That what, what we gonna what we gonna do? Right, um, we gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll get into. The first five years as chief of staff for the governor. That's good with you, and yeah, then uh, and then look for look forward to Monday night, um, state of territory number six. Okay, sure. So uh, so that'll be the focus when we come back. We got call night uh, joining us, the governor's chief of staff, governor Albert chief of staff, um, uh, here uh, in the U.S. Virgin Islands. We'll take a break and be back right after this. Don't tell me we are not afraid to stand up to the high and mighty like Jeff Bezos. He had that big cowboy hat on. <laughs> he looked like like a shrink ray had hit Garth Brooks. <laughs> I'm Peter Sagel. Join me as we speak truth to power, at least until power agrees to buy us out on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Doom scrolling. Let's break that habit, folks. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, where if you want to know what's going on in the world and why it matters, all you have to do is give your thumb a rest and perk up your ears. We've got the news, but we've also got curiosity, joy, and surprise. Tune in for Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. 
That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. And I'm joined this morning by um, the governor's chief of staff, the one and only Carl Knight. Uh, good morning, Mr. Knight. Glad to have you on Analyze This this morning. Thanks. My pleasure. Okay, good. Before we get to to to, to um, where we at um, and all that stuff, right? And you touched on energy. And I want to get this, um, get the public to have a feel for what exactly we were dealing with uh, and what you've been dealing with before. Um, you know, uh, you became the governor's chief of staff. Our energy crisis is a full 20 years old, um, Mr. Chief of Staff. And we've lost a lot of money because, you know, we, we were buying the commodity. Um, and then everybody knows, you know, the most infamous acronym in the history of the Virgin Islands, LIAC, which is the Levelized <laughs> Energy Adjustment Clause. Um, looking back, um, give us a perspective, um, and, you know, a, I would call a technical perspective, given your, you know, institutional knowledge about what we've been going through. And uh, from a chief of staff seat, because you were once the energy office director. Right. How do we, you know, facilitate the people of the Virgin Islands and the territory, you know, as, you know, as, as a whole um, to, to brighter days down the road. I know we got some infrastructure projects along the way, but uh, help us out and, 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 and inspire us and give us some optimism, if you will. Yeah, I, I could definitely give you some optimism. I mean, I, I could start from where where this began, you know. Um, and I, I had to give a pep talk to some folks the other day and remind them that WAPA at one point in time was probably the best agency uh, to work for in the government of the Virgin Islands. Everything was going well until, you know, sometime in the late 90s when the price of oil um, went through the roof. You know, WAPA was one of the last places in the country that was producing energy by utilizing oil, which is a very expensive commodity. You know, it, would, it made sense when we brought in events, well, back then, Hess Oil, back in the 60s, and you had abundant supply of cheap oil. But when that refinery started uh, having difficulties and eventually closed, it really um, showed how vulnerable we had been to this one commodity. Um, you know, that created havoc in this community was like 56 cents. I mean, if you think the prices are bad now, they were about 10 cents higher back then. And, um, you know, and when we talk about the, the, you know, the time cost of money, you can imagine 56 cents back then um, was, was quite a burden. And, um, you know, we, we endured. Um, we had to, to make some tough decisions. Um, and, you know, we started to diversify. We set a goal to get to 60% renewable energy by 2025. You know, that was my mission. Um, but we also, at the same time, started to diversify off of oil and, and introduce propane as a source of fuel. It's cleaner burning and it's also cheaper. And back then, when you had all the fracking and natural gas production, propane was sort of like a byproduct. It was just a no-brainer. Um, that's what got us into into bed with Vital. Built a um, turnkey operation to allow us to start to utilize and, and burn propane in the power plants, both St. Thomas and St. Croix. Um, you know, that project, 
was a, a very difficult project to, to engineer in the time frame. Um, businesses were closing, folks were going without power, and there was a lot of pressure on WAPA to deliver a fast product. There were change orders that I think that's where a lot of people pick up the story. They don't look at the precursor. A lot of people know that, yeah, this this project costs a lot. Um, there's a reason why it costs a lot. There's a reason why there was such a rush to get it online. But in the end, you know, decisions being made, the PSC kind of balked at the change the change orders. And the cost of the project was questioned. And, you know, that caused WAPA to really get into a deficit. It beats all in being able to pay for the cost of the project. But I was said, you know, WAPA was spending about 220-something million annually for fuel. That's why that LIAC was so... Uh, so tremendous. I remember. I remember. Um, I, I remember at a at a WAPA hearing uh, at the legislature in 2011, the the cost of fuel, no, the cost to run the Water and Power Authority was 350 million dollars, of which right. 250 million dollars, as per Hugo yeah. Hatch, was the fuel cost. 71 percent of of that, that big number was fuel alone. That's that's to that, show you how dire things were in the early yeah. part of the second decade in the new millennium. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hard, you know, but mnemonic quarterbacking, you being the big sports fan that you are, it's kind of hard, but I, I've, I've told people, you know, that project already paid for itself probably in the first two, three years because you're talking about a, a VTOP project that at its peak cost $160 million with the change orders and everything in. Um, but you're talking about a fuel bill that back then was like $250 million and through a combination of switching the propane as well as, you know, uh, reduction of, of that commodity price. You know, oil is not as expensive now as it was at that period of time. Um, you know, you're seeing a, a significant fuel savings compared to what it was back then. So, you know, but we are where we are. WAPA fell into financial crisis trying to navigate that period and that era. And that's where we picked them up. And, you know, our administration inherited a water and power authority that's on its knees. And, um, you know, it, it got to the point where we ended up having, in order not to raise, raise the cost of the electricity back to where it was back then, started a program of trying to subsidize them to keep the costs down. So, like many Caribbean countries, they subsidize the cost of power and realize, like, yeah, that was inevitable. Passing the full cost of this thing on to the ratepayers was just going to be another unbearable burden that was going to kill our economy once again. Uh, so we started subsidizing. We found resources to do that. Continued that up until sometime I think last year is when we finally kind of weaned them off. We've been working on we're very close to buying out the the VTOL, uh terminals, propane terminals, so we can own that asset instead of having to um, continue to pay interest um, on the capital expenditure for that asset to VTOL. So we want to buy it out outright using some of the federal dollars that have been made available to us for that purpose. And so we are maybe about seventy percent of the way to um, completing that transaction. Um, I also have to say, you know, you want some optimism. You know, our push really, and the governor really um, has has supported a vision that I had, and he has embraced it full-heartedly. His vision ultimately goes even further than mine. Um, he has a vision of energy independence for every, every Virgin Island. You know, his thing is like, hey, we all have systems in our homes, um, so we don't and on another source of water, our primary source of water is usually our systems. And he wants our primary source of, of power to be the solar panels and the batteries that we construct with our homes. And um, we started off on a PV loan program. So, um, uh, we started off in faith, not knowing how we were going to capitalize it. Now, and along came the Biden administration, 
now we have something like $100 million available to us for what they call solar for all. So let, so let me ask program. Let me ask this question. Has the Biden administration, as it relates to energy, been an asset to the U.S. Virgin House? It has been a tremendous asset. Um, the, they have provided, they could continue the technical assistance that we had enjoyed in the past, um, but they're now putting some real resources behind energy. Uh, their reasons for doing it are the same as our reasons. They are pushing a climate change agenda, um, and that's good for us. You know, for us, it's just survival. We need to get a cost of power down. Um, climate change is also important, especially to vulnerable islands like ours. But we know that we also have additional motivation. But ultimately, just in the um, Inflation Reduction Act, the um, Bipartisan Infrastructure Law, and the ARPA, the Biden administration has made something like $165 million available to us. Most of that comes online this year. About $15 million of that came online last year. And so you'll see us doing um, solar projects in, 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 you know, in a big way. Um, but you're also going to see you know, the electric vehicles. Um, Kyle Fleming has really been pushing um, the, the evolution of, of electric vehicles, especially with our high gas prices. Um, and you're going to see, of course, um, additional support to WAPA to make them more resilient and hearted. So good things are in store. And we think we're going to be able to turn the corner on this WAPA issue. That's good. Now, um, I've made some modifications. Are you good until about nine nine eighteen? That's good with you. Yeah, yeah. You okay, I'm going to nine eighteen. Yes, sir. Okay, okay, good. I, I I appreciate that. I don't want you to think you got to rush and jamming everything before you got to leave. So I really appreciate that. Now, um, go let let's go back to to the fall of twenty eighteen. Uh, the governor is elected. Um, clearly, Generation Now, right, which was a creation about fifteen, sixteen years before that, right. Um, has ascended um, to leadership, true leadership uh, roles and, and governance uh, here in the Virgin Islands. Who determined that Carl Nate was going to be the chief of staff? Was that was, <laughs> because I, I know I had a real close knit group there with um, the governor, Adrian uh, Williams, uh, Re, uh, Rima Williams, uh, Kevin Williams. Um, Clint Ferris, the list goes on and on. Why chief of staff for Carl Knight when, in fact, Carl Knight could literally have been an agency head for like five or six different agencies? I mean, that's how I look at your capabilities. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, that's a governor's story to tell. You know, I think everything fell into place the way it needed to fall into place. Um, I think, um, there was a point in time when I think everybody was sort of busy. <laughs> Um, I think one of the things that, um, uh, if you recall, I actually was a co-chair on the transition team. Correct. And so there was a natural evolution, um, helping with the transition and uh, helping to lay the, the, the groundwork. It was a natural evolution when I slid into this role in the uh, government house to just sort of uh, pick up on those transition plans and start to effectuate them and implement them. So it was sort of um, a transition out of, or coming off of the transition team and um, being the one person that uh, I think was available to uh, take on the task. If you know how we operate, you know, we all consider ourselves leaders and we don't have big egos. So um, any, one of, any one of us could probably fill the role. And right now we all work hand in glove. Um, that's a story for another day. But, you know, we have been preparing ourselves to um, 
take on this mantle of leadership. This ain't something that we just wake up and at political ambitions. This is something. Oh, no, 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 no. There are a lot of dudes that have to be paid. Yeah, yeah, a lot of dudes got to be paid over the years yeah. um, to get to that position. Let me, let, yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me, um, break. Let, let, let me phrase this question this way. I'll give a little, a little, a little a history about myself. When I, when I decided in, in the early 2000s that I wanted to get into the political arena, uh, I was watching government structure on the mainland. And right. um, um, George Bush got elected in 2000, right? So I was looking at that, and here's what they said. They said the governor, no, the, the president runs the country and literally is the leader of the free world. But his chief of staff runs Washington, D.C., which is at the time Andrew <laughs> Card. Right. So let so, yeah. so let me ask you this, right? Is that the same thing where the governor focusing on the territory and you you worrying about making sure that all the commissioners are on the same page and, and all that good stuff? I mean, our thing is different because we, we're three different main islands and water island and one and the little ones on Lake Washington, DC. Right. Being native, but uh, is that the same approach? Um where where you know the governor got bigger fry to bigger fish to fry and you got to make sure that uh, the country <laughs> running good internally? Yeah, I mean you know, those of us that have filled these shoes could could tell the tales. Um but at the end of the day, yeah, you know, the governor sets the, the pace, he sets the vision, um, and he looks for his his team to effectuate that vision. And um in many regards you know I, I play that that role as the assistant coach and trying to make sure that um, whatever direction he's saying we're moving in that everybody understands the direction um, and has the tools you know part of my job is make sure everybody has the tools and resources and the, the, the capacity to get in that direction as well so you know my mission is hey to effectuate the things you know the governor's going to step to a podium on January 22nd he's going to lay out his vision and you know that means work for me come January 23rd to make sure everybody's in place to effectuate the vision. You know, my, my, my um, classic line to everybody is don't make the governor lie. So he said, we're going to do it. Let's get it done. Right. Now, now, let me ask this question. Because historically, we've heard of governors and lieutenant governors follow. Did, did you go to your way to make sure that that in the case and that uh, you play a part in making sure that line of communication good with the governor and the, the number two? Because some people like to disrespect the lieutenant governor. And you and I know from being in the political arena, that's really a bad thing and, and should be a no-no um, as it relates to government's, governance for the territory. Yeah, that, that's, um, you know, that's an important part of it. Um, you know, the, the wonderful thing about the governor and, and Senate Governor Chigenza Roach is they kind of balance and complement each other. Um, mm -hmm. they, stylistically, they're, you know, they, they, they're a perfect complement. You know, um, governor is, is very aggressive, impulsive. Lieutenant um, Governor Roach is, is very... Um, uh, he's uh, more, uh, more of a, a planner, a, a thinker, less um, impulsive, and, and brings a lot of wisdom to the team. And so sometimes when we um, get too far ahead of our skis, you know, Lieutenant Governor Roaches, who kind of brings us back down to earth, reminds us of the things that are important, what really matters, making sure that we're taking care of the people. And um, he's very much connected in, in that regard to... How, how the decisions we make affect the average uh, citizen and, and how we are going to be viewed by those citizens. Are we looking out for their interests? So he, he brings a little bit of grounding uh, to the team and balance to the governor. And so keeping um, him in the loop, and, and uh, of course they have their relationship, they do their lunches and dinners together, and um, you know, 
the governor always has the council, the lieutenant governor, while he has a portfolio that he runs, um, his main mission to be that uh, number two and uh, to be that um, balance and support to the governor of the Virgin Islands. That's right, Dr. Well, that's, a, that's a good good way to end this segment. We got Carl Knight, the governor's chief of staff. Uh, the governor will be uh, delivering his sixth state of territory address on Monday, uh, January 22nd. We'll take a break, come back, and, and talk a little bit about the history of the state of territories over the last uh, five years. Be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. Music can be an incredibly personal experience. A song can inspire you, it can comfort you, it can make you feel understood, it can even take you back to a specific moment in your life. And it all begins with the artist. Join me, Raina Duras, as I get personal through in-depth interviews with your favorite musicians and find out where those songs come from on World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. Saturday mornings, we're here for you with Weekend Edition. Two hours of news, interviews, new music, new books, rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. 